We're now into the second day of mourning here in the Netherlands for Peter de Vries, the investigative crime journalist. We are appealed by the apparently arbitrary killing of nine activists in simultaneous Tonight, more bloodshed in Mexico. Another journalist killed this week in the country. Five he was known for fighting for the little guys, for trying to deny From the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime, this is the Repo Effect. This is The Repo Effect, and I'm your host, Ana Paula Oliveira. I'm an analyst at the GI researching in assassinations, and I'll be guiding you through this conversation today. In many parts of the world, assassinations have become a daily occurrence. Data collected by the Global Initiative shows that at least 2,700 people were victims of contract killings between 2019 and 2020. In this podcast, we bear witness to the victims of organized crime by looking at why people are at risk of being assassinated and what can we do to prevent it. In this episode, we explore the reasons why journalists are so vulnerable to killings by organized crime. We have seen murders of journalists across the world, impacting on the rule of law and challenging one of the pillars of democracy. According to GI Talks data collection, attacks on media workers accounted for 7% of all recorded cases, the most affected regions being Asia and the Americas. Attacks on journalists are intrinsically linked to organized crime. Not only are members of criminal gangs often responsible for carrying out these murders, but journalists are also targeted for their investigative work into organized criminal interest and indeed, the links between organized crime and the political establishment. Frank Smythe is Senior Advisor for Journalist Security at the Committee to Protect Journalists, CPJ. He explains a little bit more about this relationship. Perpetrators are very often criminal actors who are working in concert with corrupt government officials. This happens in many nations throughout the world, and the Committee to Protect Journalists has compiled a database which has shown that people suspected of government officials or others uh, suspected of working with government officials or are suspected of more murders of journalists than even murders committed by terrorists or other political groups. So that's the main reason this, this, this nexus of collusion between criminal actors and elected officials it's when journalists start to uncover evidence of those ties that people get murdered. In Mexico, another journalist has been assassinated in the northern border city of Tijuana. This nexus has been seen in Mexico, where in the first months of 2022, at least 11 journalists have been killed, and where arguably media workers face a greater risk of assassination than those reporting in the war zone. But being targeted for their work is part of a global trend. Journalists are often killed while living and working in their own communities. Paulini Adesmevel, editor-in-chief and spokeswoman for Reporters Without Borders, give us a little bit more insight into the dangerous environments journalists operate in. The organized crime, Godfather, are very often at stake and they are very sensitive to whenever their image is at stake. So they do not hesitate to crack down on any reporter who poses a threat. And those who tell the truth uh, deserve to die. 
What we see in our reports and in the case we are monitoring is that for exposing uh, the underside of uh, mafias, writers, journalists throughout the world are being exposed and threatened. These investigative journalists deal with a criminal underworld that is masked, always masked. They are a huge danger for uh, investigative reporters uh, nowadays. In many countries, organized crime has established a kind of a pact with the state. On top of that, it's not only the mafia to the point that sometimes you cannot tell where one stops and the other begins. So that's like an octopus for journalists uh, investigating on uh, these criminal networks. These killings do not happen in a vacuum. Political, economic and criminal elements often merge together and produce a climate of violence that can prove lethal for journalists. But what's being done about it? Guilherme Canela Godoy is the head of the Global Unit of Freedom of Expression and Safety of Journalists at UNESCO. His words give a deeper insight into some of the actions taken to promote the safety of journalists on an international level. The UN Plan of Action um, is um, a platform that uh, involves all the UN's, uh, UN agencies, funds and programs, which is a very strong way of showing to all our member states that it's not only UNESCO or the High Commissioners of Human Rights or the UNODC that are concerned with this issue, but the entire UN system. So this is a strong message. The plan is obviously coordinated by UNESCO in the Office of the High Commission on Human Rights. But one of the key messages of the UN Plan of Action is that the the issue of protecting journalists, of the issue of the safety of journalists, is a very complex ecosystem. And we need to acknowledge that to really propose the best policies to face uh, this challenge. And basically what we want the policymakers and the decision makers to understand is that the three pillars of those policies should be prevention, protection, and fighting impunity. So prosecuting the crimes, what we call the three Ps, prevention, protection, and prosecuting the crimes. If we are investing in only one of those pillars, uh, unfortunately, and most likely, our our goal to increase the safety of journalists will fail. So in that sense, the UN Plan of Action uh, is very helpful because, as you know, we have, for instance, an agency like UNICEF dealing with children's issues. They are all the time interacting with journalists, and there are, in fact, journalists suffering threats that are covering, for instance, issues related to uh, abuse of children, etc. So we want all the different parts of the system to be involved with that. This year, we are the international community has already taken some steps, but there is a clear need for more coordination and action to protect journalists. Civil society is pivotal in pushing for accountability and can be a force of change in the defense and the promotion on the right to freedom around the world. The Reporters Without Borders, for example, had been lobbying for the creation of a special representative at the UN for the safety of journalists. On the one hand, uh, we have to ensure the safety of journalists. I mean, the issue of the chilling effects on other journalists is always extremely big. Once you attack a journalist, there, has, there, has, there is an impact on other journalists. Uh, second, we have to fight against impunity of exactions uh, committed against them. So it's absolutely key to uh, secure the journalists, but also secure access to 
free, reliable information environment for the public. It's very important that journalists understand that telling the truth and bringing the truth does not mean necessarily being attacked. We started this campaign uh, to demand a special representative of the uh, UNSG for the safety of journalists because we thought that it was a very, very strong message uh, sent uh, to the community of journalists. Plus, although we had seen a number of resolutions adopted, they were still ineffective. We couldn't see a decrease in the number, the killings of journalists. So multiple resolution in the past decade before uh, 2015, but on the ground, no really, no, no progress. I mean, no reflection in the reality on the ground, if we are to judge by the number of journalists killed uh, each year. Uh, we believe that this is probably the main sign message in terms of institution. And of course, having a representative needs also some uh, international cooperation, coordination. Uh, RSF is not acting by itself, but this is also uh, a fight that has to be uh, taken by other organizations. I mean, we are all fighting the same people and they, we, so we should all uh, demand this, uh, the appointment of a special representative for the safety of journalists. Prevention is key to impede further killings. Preventive measures should be put into place to avoid the creation of an environment of intimidation and silence that can lead to physical attacks, including killings. Protection mechanisms exist to aid responses when a threat is reported. However, they do not always function as they are supposed to. There is a lack of resources and government capacity, amongst other reasons. Legislative measures can play an important role in preventive efforts. A good example could be legislative action to prevent slaps, otherwise known as strategic lawsuits against public participation. These are lawsuits typically filed by powerful society figures against civil society actors, including media workers. The natural consequence is to intimidate and silence journalists, and they are on the increase. Progress and commitment to change on an institutional level has been seen in so many places around the world, and it's encouraging. But can we do anything to help journalists facing immediate danger on the ground? It's a mixture of uh, classroom presentation, uh, practice... Frank Smyth's firm, Global Journalist Security, provides training for media workers. And then full-blown real-life scenarios where journalists and also aid workers are challenged to apply the skills they've, they've learned. And there was a case a few years ago where one of our graduates of the Stephen Sotloff Memorial Scholarship, Stephen being the second journalist beheaded by ISIS in uh, 2014 in Syria, it was one of the graduates of that class who then went to Mexico. They were interviewing a suspected drug trafficker when other suspected drug traffickers arrived on the scene shot and killed the interviewee and then wounded the director and some other people. And our graduate, Luke Forsyth, was able to maintain control of his faculties and apply first aid to his wounded director and then get him uh, hospital care. And ultimately, the director survived. So the training is both an awareness of tactical skills, but there's also an awareness of one's own reactions to stress and one's own state of mind and how to maintain equilibrium in those circumstances. So it's it's effective, but I also want to say that even though it's effective, even though I have an interest in, in 
in encouraging people to take to get training, which I think is important, it still doesn't really solve the problem of impunity. The problem of impunity is a weakness of judicial systems in nations around the world where journalists as well as others can be murdered with impunity. We have just scratched the surface of the murky and dangerous world journalists find themselves in when fulfilling their duty to report on the truth. Join us next time as we look at how the murder of journalists can be prevented by tackling impunity. If you enjoyed the Ripple Effect, please share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.